You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Hello, I'm Stephanie Ruff. And I'm Aviva Nabeski. We're the hosts of the Dressage Today podcast, where you can find us talking about anything and everything dressage related. Our conversations span the world of dressage from leading riders to local level dressage heroes. We're talking training advice, showing tips, and sharing stories to inspire your own dressage journey. So tune in, then tack up. Welcome to the Dressage Today podcast, sponsored by Wellness Ready. Later, we will be talking to Stefan Peters, who just finished fourth and was the highest placing American at the FEI Dressage World Cup final in Omaha, where I just came back from. And I um, hate you for it. <laughs> I know you do. And I'm sorry, not sorry. I know. So was it amazing? It, it was. And um, on a number of different levels. And I, I could I could spend an hour talking about it, which I won't do. But, you know, because <laughs> nobody wants yeah, to hear that. Well, and we don't really want our noses rubbed in it that you were there. Exactly. And we weren't. So yeah. I'm not going to do that. But I do want to. Um, but just a couple of things. One, we had the I had the very good fortune of meeting a few of the people that we have interviewed, such as Matt McLaughlin. Uh, he was there and I got to chat with him. Oh, fun. And, and Ellie Brimmer, she was there and I got to talk to her. So that was, you know, just kind of on a personal level. That was just really nice to meet some of these well, people that and, we've... And also, you know, of the three Americans who were competing, we we have already interviewed two of them, Anna and Alice. Yeah. How exciting to see them on the world stage after you yeah. got, we got to meet them. Yeah. And, you know, to be talking to Stefan later, I mean... Aren't we cool? <laughs> yes, exactly. So that is, that is, and, and it does, you know, being able to talk with these people and get to know them just, you know, scratching the surface clearly, yeah. but, you know, still it, it does give you a little bit more of a connection with them. Um, and, you know, I mean, you root for them anyway, they're the U.S. writers, but just getting to know them a little bit really mm-hmm. just, just adds another, adds another thing to it. Yeah. And, um, but the, the, the only other thing I'm going to say is that for the freestyle, the freestyle, yeah. th- that was the most fun I've had at any event in a long time. It was a lot of fun. Now, I know it's a competition and it's not necessarily supposed to be fun, but as a spectator, it was fun. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. I mean, that's why they started including it in the Olympics was to to make it more user friendly because, you know, dressage is kind of on the boring side, yeah. you know, unless you know what you're looking at. But to watch a horse and rider dance. Yeah, everybody, it was, everybody can enjoy that. It and was the, it was so much fun, you know, throughout all of the all of the rides, you know, everybody. Who and, was your favorite? <laughs> well, I was I will say of the of the rides on a purely entertainment and, you know, impressive yeah. value. Yeah. Stefan and Isabel were just they were they were great. Yeah. They were so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Isabel's technically was really hard like at one point she did 22 one tempies to to a canter pirouette to a pee-off pirouette i started losing track of everything that she was doing i'm like (laughs) i can't i can't even you know like it was it was crazy ridiculous 
And, yeah. um, and, but just the, the whole pack of those two rides, the packages put together, the music, the difficulty, the energy from the crowd. And that's yeah. what I was going to say that the one thing, cause I watched then some of them on video after the fact, and they're fun to watch on the video, but it is nothing like sitting Being in there, there with the with the energy from the audience and especially of course Stefan was kind of the crowd favorite because you know whatever but yeah. <laughs> he's the, well, yeah. the U.S. writer and you know he and so he was he was definitely the crowd favorite um but How nice for him yeah oh definitely but that energy from that crowd just you can't you can't feel that watching it on video and um so that was what made it so special was to be able to just be a part of that full energy, you know, mm-hmm. and to feel like you're, you're like you, because you're basically just doing this in a way, doing this with them because you're, you know, watching it live and everything. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I this, mean, live is definitely different, you know, but is. the one thing that was, I found a little bit disappointing from, from watching some of the videos, how few people were in the stands. Well, there's, yeah, and it it there there could be reasons for that. I heard a lot of things about ticket prices and stuff like that and Ticketmaster and you know, Ticketmaster's a whole thing in and of itself. Um so yeah, it was not it was not sold out. It certainly wasn't empty though, and it could and it got loud, you know. I mean it yeah. It it um it could have been better. But the crowd that was there was a very appreciative crowd. It was also a very intelligent crowd because they had, you know, like you could judge the rides on an app and they were right there with the judges in most cases. Oh, how cool. So it was a very educated crowd. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And appreciative, a very appreciative crowd. So, you know, my my advice to you, Aviva, and to anyone else who did not manage to get there in two years... <laughs> It's going to be in Fort Worth, Texas. Okay. In 20, okay. I think, or three years. Oh, shoot. I'll have to check. In a couple of years, okay. <laughs> it's going to be in Fort Worth, okay. Texas. Start saving your money now yes, and go ma'am. to it and go when it's here because you, you won't regret it. You just won't. It's money well spent. Now, well, I will say that we went, my husband and I went to the, to the World Equestrian Games, you know, back when Totalus was there. Right. Um, okay. And it, and it was worth every single penny that we paid. Exactly. It was it was just you know, and what was really cool, I mean you were talking about the educated crowd and I'm not saying that I'm an educated person whatever, but <laughs> we a couple times we were sitting behind where Linda Zhang was judging and they were posting the scores as they went and it yeah. was so cool to sit behind Linda and to judge and to see my scores matching and it was like, "Oh, well, I yeah. can judge the, I can judge <laughs> the world the world equestrian games too. I'm so cool." <laughs> Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, not quite. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, hey, but so so then you 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 get it. And this was the first time I've had the good fortune of attending an international competition. Um, and it is a, it is a different level and it is and it it's worth going to. So, yes. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous that you went, but I'm thrilled for you that you got to go. And I'm excited that we're going to get to talk to Stefan about it. And I'm thrilled that you got to meet, you know, Ellie and Matt. And, um, you know, it's just what a, what a great opportunity dressage today and the horse radio network has given me to get to know people Yeah, and, and to do this. This is just really fun. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you too. Me too. <laughs> All righty. So having having now talked about, you know, world class dressage, let's let's uh, let's take a step back. What do you have for me as an ask the L question? Okay. I don't think it's going to be about a, a, a pee off pirouette. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not. But that's OK, because we all start somewhere, right? Yeah. And I can't do a pee off pirouette either. So <laughs> I can't do a pee off. <laughs> so yeah, there we exactly. go. Yeah. All right. So our question today comes from Allison. Is it better to do a poorer transition at the letter or to do a better transition a stride or two later? That's a great question. You know, um, I, Allison, thank you. I love that you asked that question. So in my opinion, um, obviously, the right answer is you should do a good transition at the letter. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But barring that, and, and that happens, you know, that does happen. Your horse gets a, you know, has a little spook before something or it gets a little bit of a head of steam or, you know, whatever. Um, I know that when I'm judging, what matters to me is quality. Um I talk all the time about accuracy. I know accuracy is so incredibly important. And as we move up the levels, things happen at letters and not between letters. However, if I see you ride a beautiful, balanced, on the aids, lovely transition, and it's a little bit early or it's a little bit late, I'm going to take maybe a half a point away because accuracy, but I'm going to comment lovely balanced transition, early, late, whatever. And so instead of the eight, you're going to get a 7.5. On the other hand, if you're almost at K and you're supposed to be trotting from the canner and you just haul back on the reins and your horse hollows and the head goes up and it's ugly, I don't care that it was accurate. You're going to get a 5.5, you know, or lower, depending on how gruesome it was, you know, with a comment, you know, braced, poorly prepared, whatever. Um, So I think that the other thing to remember is that even though you're in the ring and even though you're being judged and even though, even though, even though we're always training our horses. And so we always want to do things well. We always want to reinforce correct. And one bad transition takes five to 10 correct transitions to fix. Hmm. So just because you're in the ring, don't rush to do something if you're going to blow your training. Because ultimately, when you get out of the ring, you're going to pay for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's something to think about. Um, The only other time that that really is an issue. So there, one of the eventing tests, and I can't remember which one it is, the the transition up to the canter is at K. And 95% of riders pick up the canter in the corner. 
And I understand that because you're on a curving line. It's easier to pick up a canter on a curving line. You're more guaranteed that you're going to get the correct lead on a curving line. Um, you know, all these things, right? But you're negating the difficulty of the transition. So when I see that, um, I will say cheating. <laughs> transition should be at K. Um, you know, you are making the movement easier than it really is. Um, the same thing with transitions, you know, where you make a circle at E at the canter, and then you're supposed to do, you know, a transition to the trot between, you know, like E and, e and F, yeah. or I'm on the wrong side, all <laughs> King Edwards. Can they, whatever you, we know. Um, and as soon as you finish the circle, you know, the person is trotting. And again, what that's telling me is that you don't believe that once your horse goes on a straight line, that number one, you're going to be balanced and straight. And number two, that you're going to be able to stop. Right. So as a rider and as a judge, I know some of those things. However, if you execute something beautifully, you will only lose a little bit because of the lack of accuracy as opposed to getting penalized for riding something poorly. Yeah. So, you know, we all, we all go into the ring wanting to show off our good work and our good training. And I think that we should think about that as we show. Um, and if you think you can, you can subtly tactfully pull off a decent transition right at the letter. Um, but you're not 100% prepared for it, but you think you're not going to screw it up too badly, maybe try. <laughs> but if you know it's going to be bad, do a good one. Right. You know, the worst case scenario is you get an error. Yeah. Because it's so late or whatever. But, you know, if it's that late, you got other things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, that's my long-winded answer. <laughs> Okay, your long-winded answer to do a good transition at the letter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't screw up. <laughs> right. <laughs> be prepared. Be prepared. That's right. Whenever possible, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we could all ride beautifully all the time? I tell my students all the time, nobody's had 100 yet. No, not yet. And remember that, that, that a 10 is not perfect. It's excellent. That's true. That is yep. true. I hadn't thought about it that way. So that's a, that's a mm -hmm. good way of thinking about it. Yep. Okay. Well, another good question and another good answer. And please, if anybody has any burning questions about showing or judging that they would like to uh, have Aviva give a stab at, please reach out to us on our social media. And when we return, we will have our conversation with Stefan Peters. Did you know that 90% of all laminitis cases are caused by excess insulin production? What if we told you that you can find out your horse's insulin level and laminitis risk in a matter of minutes? There's a new tool in the fight against laminitis, Wellness Ready. Wellness Ready is the first and only stall side blood test that allows you to instantly determine a horse's risk for laminitis. No more waiting a week for lab results. Wellness Ready delivers an accurate, real-time insulin reading in minutes. 
This potentially life-saving tool allows veterinarians to identify and manage horses prone to founder due to underlying endocrine disorders such as equine metabolic syndrome and equine's Cushing's disease. Join the fight against laminitis and talk to your vet about the wellness-ready stall-side insulin test. It can save time, money, and potentially a life. Visit wellnessready.com for more information. Born in Wessel, Germany, Stefan Peters is one of the most recognizable names in American dressage. He met the U.S. trainer Laurie Falvo in Germany, who invited him to work at her barn in San Diego in the summer of 1984. Captivated by the lifestyle and the weather, Stefan made a life-changing choice and moved to San Diego, where he still rides today with his wife Shannon, an accomplished Grand Prix rider and trainer in her own right. He became a U.S. citizen in 1992 and rode his first of five Olympic Games in 1996. In a career spanning nearly 40 years, Stefan has had the good fortune to have trained and ridden many remarkable horses, including his current mount, Supin Casper, otherwise known as Mopsy. Together, they have helped win Team Silver at the Tokyo Olympics. Stefan, I want to thank you for joining us on the Dressage Today podcast. Sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> and we are recording this about, we are about two weeks um, from the World Cup. So you've had time to kind of get back and digest all that. And I mean, you're, you're obviously very experienced at these kinds of competitions, but now that you've had time to be done with it, and um, what do you, how do you feel was your overall experience there? Well, it, it was it was wonderful actually. It's just the last few days, I've been able to reflect on that because I went, um, I was home for two days, and then I went to the Midwest Horse Fair and was presenting there, and that was very busy. So just the last few days um, have been awesome just to to go through everything look look at pictures and look at videos and um, shani keeps sending some tiktoks that that people make of mopsy so <laughs> <laughs> you know the the ray force had a big reputation to live up to and um i think i think we delivered yeah yeah i agree absolutely it's it's good to know that he he still has his reputation. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know what we had to do from Tokyo, we had to step it up a little bit. Um, at that time, Mopsy had already seventy million Google searches, so <laughs> it was one of those things. You know, it's just like um, you know, what do you do with a really good freestyle? It's almost like <laughs> writing, you know, writing a sequel to a very good movie. And so right, that's, that's why we came up with the ending. And even though the ending is only, I want to say, 15, 20 seconds at the most, but it took us two months to to get to that. So, Did it? Wow. Wow. Yeah. But and it was worth it. Yes. Yes. A huge thank you to Terry Gallo, who made the final changes. And, um, you know, it's never easy to do that under pressure. But she certainly <laughs> delivered. And um, this is not the first time that she had to deliver in such a short time it was actually in, to in tokyo we did the sound check and that was the day before the competition and the day off the competition i'm listening through the music and i'm saying haley who's our director of dressage haley i sent the tower the wrong music so that was four <gasps> o'clock at um, four o'clock 
a.m. at Terry's time, and she picked up the phone, sent the correct music. Otherwise, the the wave horse would have never existed. Oh, my wow. goodness. <laughs> so it's actually Terry is the one who is, uh, you know, who, who saved the day. She, yes. Yeah. She yeah. Saved the day wow. Times. Yep, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Thank God she answers the phone at four o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not every, not everybody does that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's unfortunately when you send the, the email with the sound link, sometimes, sometimes they expire. And of course the, the link that I had expired. So it was literally oh. while I was putting on my code to get on Mopsy in Tokyo. That's when oh my we gosh. came up with the, uh, with the correct <laughs> sound file. Wow. No, no pressure. pressure. That didn't happen in Omaha, though. No. <laughs> Things moved a little more smoothly in Omaha. <laughs> yes, exactly. And my gosh, what a great venue. Uh, amazing footing. Uh, the stalls are just so close by the warm-up arena. The hotels are uh, across the street. And, you know, again, yeah. I, I always dreamed of uh, riding once more in my career in front of, a, um, in front of an American dressage fan. And no doubt, everybody oh. set up at the end and, you know, yeah. to, to hear that noise in the middle of the arena, <laughs> that is really, really hard to describe. But it was wonderful. That's something I experienced in Las Vegas in 2009. And it's just a really, really wonderful, warm, warm feeling. Yeah, definitely. But it, it was brought up that you were the oldest rider in the dressage competition, but you were also the the only male in the competition. Um, so what what do you think about that? <laughs> well, the, the only male <laughs> rider that um, has happened frequently, you know, and that people I don't think did pay that much attention to. I hear quite frequently that I'm the oldest one. <laughs> right, right. And honestly, I take a little pride in that because I'm almost 60 years old <laughs> and, uh, you know, I can still keep up with um, riders that are half my age. And that's, yeah. a, that's a wonderful feeling. And there's no doubt that, um, you know, in previous years, the ladies have been very, very <laughs> successful. And uh, I think that's unique about the sport, you know, that boys and girls can compete together. It's great. Right. How have you managed to stay on the top of your game for so long, mentally and physically? As you said, you're going to be 60. You're more than twice as old as the new riders coming up. And yet you finished fourth. You are right up there. You know, we're, we're still looking forward to seeing you in four years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let's, let's go with Paris first next year. And then, you know, we'll, okay. we'll see from there. But to, to answer your question, of course, um, I've been so fortunate to have um, Akiko Yamazaki and Jerry Yang on my side, who've been providing me with amazing horses since, um, since Ravel, since um, 2006. So um, yeah. there have been amazing horses. And of course, I feel that I owe Akiko and um, my horses, you know, the, the best possible fitness. So, you know, I uh, swim every morning and I don't go crazy anymore, but I still put in, you know, at least 250 meters. I swim um, 100 meters in two minutes, which is about a minute slower than your average Olympian swimmer. 
but you know, <laughs> that's that's perfectly fine. It is yeah faster than your average person. Well, I don't know about that, but the the, <laughs> the bottom line is it's a it's a great workout where I feel I'm working my whole body, and uh, that also answers the second part of your question as far as the um, the mental part. It um, puts me in a state of mind because I'm only counting the laps and I'm focusing on breathing <laughs> and that's it. And mm-hmm. what usually would I do mm. um, when I do more than 250 meters, I swim 100 meters, take a break, take 20 to 25 breaths and let my heart rate come down, respiratory come down. And then I go for another 100 meters. And I find that very beneficial because that is about the time frame of a dressage test. So I'd like to be super oh. fit and ready for those um, seven, eight minutes. And um, <laughs> then I, you know, of course I work with weights, but to be honest, I don't enjoy that whatsoever. So <laughs> I, I do it, you know, to work my core muscles. And then I also work just since about three months ago, I started working with a company named uh, Stretch Lab. And it's a wonderful company. The therapists, they stretch you and they, they ask you how far you want to be pushed. So mm. um, I've been doing that for three months, once, sometimes twice a week. And that's been very helpful. I don't think the average person realizes the fitness demands of riding a Grand Prix test, period. But yeah. riding a horse like Mopsy at the level that you do, the amount of strength and fitness is unbelievable. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, especially if you want to go back to the essence of dressage, where you say, look, yeah, we look for really nice expressive tests, but um, let's make sure the aids, especially the seat aids, are very much invisible. So that, yes, that definitely takes... Um, a tremendous amount of core strength and <laughs> mm. physical fitness, I would say, for sure, in the Grand Prix and in the freestyle, but definitely more demanding in the Grand Prix special with all those trot extensions in between. That um, That's mm-hmm. where I've said many times, um, thank you very much, <laughs> LA Fitness. This, <laughs> this is very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so what what motivates you these days? I mean, what what makes you get up and go swimming every day and work out with the weights that you don't like to work out with? Is it is it just to be able to to um, you know, to stay with your horse? Is is it still that that kind of drives you or what is it that drives you? I would say yes, that would be my my first answer, yeah. you know, because Mopsy is still so strong at 16 next year hopefully another mm-hmm. olympic game um yeah so that's the number one motivation first of all to have such an amazing horse and um second i have to say you know i weighed 160 pounds um when i was 25 and i'm weighing 160 pounds nowadays so <laughs> um i find wow. that, you know i've worked pretty hard to achieve this level of fitness and it would be silly for me to let that slide. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What advice would you give to older riders who are struggling with physical issues or confidence issues that maybe they didn't have when they were younger? It doesn't feel as if you, 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 I know you do, but it doesn't feel as if you struggle. (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) not yet, not yet. So that's, that's a good thing here. Occasionally the little, uh, the back issue, but that's been getting a whole lot better with uh, stretch lab. Um, my advice would be to write and establish the most rideable horse. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, we all know what movements need to look like, but uh, what about the self-carriage of the horse? You know, how how much does it take from a rider to get a movement done how easily does a horse move forward how light can the horse be in the contact so when i'm talking about rideability i'm talking about a horse that is easily willing to move forward sideways it's willing to come back it's very adjustable in the frame because anytime a horse learns to work a little bit against the rider i mean even even for me if i'm physically pretty fit i mean that can be very uncomfortable so I find mm-hmm. that probably the most important advice to make a horse so supple and bring a horse in so much self-carriage um, that it doesn't only look effortless, but it also feels effortlessly. And that honestly goes along with your second question as far as confidence. Anytime um, I feel a horse is in better self-carriage. In other words, when, when I ride every single day, um in between the movements i do a quick scan and i say is this the feeling i want to take into the show arena and i don't like Mm -hmm. a comment from a trainer where they say well i don't care what it looks like i'm sorry i I don't care what it feels like it looks really good that that has never worked for me Mm. never you know i always like to have Mm. a very very nice feeling a soft back a soft contact and a horse that's reacting perfectly to the aids and that to me is the biggest confidence builder when we have such a rideability at home and take this feeling into the show arena then mistakes might happen but um, honestly i believe that mistakes can be minimized with uh, the things i was just describing as far as uh, rideability which is sort of another way of saying harmony because that's how it presents there you go i like that yes yeah so how have how have you seen dressage change over the years? Because you've you have been doing this for a while. Um, so what are some of the changes, good or you know, for positive or not so much that you've seen in riding and training and just kind of across the board? Well, in in general, everything has gotten better. You know, horses are better, riders are better. There's absolutely no doubt that um, the judging has become a whole lot better. I still remember um, 2008 in Hong Kong. Um, Isabel had a really, really tough go with uh, Sachmo. Sachmo was quite resistant three times in a row, and she still got very, very high points and received the silver medal at that time. That is absolutely mm-hmm. not going to happen today anymore. That is, that's, you know, I really think that the judges said, "Hey, we we got to change this. This this cannot happen again." And um, I think since 2008, it changed drastically. We have a supervising committee for the the judges. 
um, I think it's wonderful that the um, stewards have more authority where they say, hey, listen, that it's a little too much. You're pushing this horse a little too much, too long. Um, everything is pointing towards a better sport. And we have clearly seen that mm. in, um, in recent years. So I'm, I'm very yeah. happy with the direction of the sport. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah. What are some of the most memorable moments of your career? Good or bad? <laughs> Holy. You, you talked about hearing, hearing the cheers and yeah, the sound that, in Omaha. You know, again, that, that is incredible. You know, and um, I still remember the same feeling in Las Vegas. The only difference was in Vegas when the dressage test was done, the, the organizer asked us to stay in the arena until the score came up. Now, in those days, the oh, mm -hmm. computer systems were there, but they're not as fast as they were today. And I'm telling you, those were the mm -hmm. longest three minutes of my life, just <laughs> staring at this scoreboard up on top. And um, then all of a sudden seeing the number one popping up. And that was already <laughs> after Isabel went. Mm. And then um, Anki still had to go, but um, Ravel was ahead. and. That is probably the most memorable moment as far as individual competition, <laughs> mm. but it's equally as exciting, if not even more exciting to compete with a team, watching the last rider doing the test and with every single step, a possible medal coming closer and closer. <laughs> and that's what happened in Tokyo. We were already super excited after Sabine's ride that we might have the bronze medal. And then Charlotte Dujardin uh, went in, had one mistake, and that moved us into the silver medal position. And I still remember standing with Adrian um, in, the, in the grandstands, and we both were crying like little kids. And just, just <laughs> ran, ran over to Sabine and uh, Debbie, and then Haley confirmed that we had the silver medal. That was an incredible moment because think about it there there were so many hurdles going to tokyo with covid you know yeah. logistics first the quarantine in, in germany then a fuel stop in dubai then the trip to tokyo and keep in mind we had every single day we had to give a little uh, saliva test to to um, make sure we're covid negative and that right. meant also if you have yeah zero symptoms but you're positive you're not competing so there was every single morning you know there was a little bit that fear you know is everything okay such stress and for, yeah. for yeah. all three horses to go through this with maximum expression and without a single mistake from three horses um that, mm -hmm. that was incredible and how amazing is that that a horse fights for you and wins a medal for you i mean that is again a, an amazing feeling yeah. yeah. Do you prefer when you're in the team situation, do you like being the last rider of the team or which is harder being the last rider or watching the last rider on your team? Over the years, I've been able to tell myself even when I was the last rider, um, it, it didn't matter. I've been able to, to deliver at that time. Yeah. So, um, same in, in, um, Omaha, even though it was an individual competition, um, I knew what was at stake. And um, 
it it never bothers me to be the last um, writer. And when the placings, the placement of the writers is uh, decided by the coach, um, I always tell everyone, everyone is an anchor writer. It's not just the last writer who's an anchor writer. And that's honestly yeah. the way I look at it. But from a um, from a fun factor, I would say it it is more <laughs> enjoyable to get the test done and you know enjoy when that medal comes every single second closer. That's a pretty neat feeling. Yeah. Do you get nervous watching your teammates oh, ride? My goodness, yes, of course. Much, much, <laughs> much, much more. Because in Tokyo, it was the difference between fourth place and the silver medal. You know, it was that close. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you only get a chance to do this every four years. And uh, there's, there's no competition in the world like the Olympic Games. So, yes, I get very, very nervous right. watching my teammates. Yes. <laughs> exciting. You know, very exciting. Let's put it that way. Right, right. So what is next for you and Mopsy then? Um, he's on a little break right now. We're just doing very basic work uh, four days a week. And um, we decided to keep him at home for the summer. Um, I didn't see a reason to mm -hmm. uh, to send him to Europe. We'd like to um, save him up for next year. And then we start the Olympic trials again here on the West Coast in November. And um, it's been 26 years for the first time that it hasn't been the summer in Europe. So I'm really <laughs> looking forward to lots of boating and doing summer stuff that normal people do. <laughs> <laughs> You're still going to go work out with your weights yeah, though, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. Okay. laughs> Well, the last question I have for you is one that we've been asking all of our guests because Aviva and I are putting together a uh, a reading list. So we wanted to know if you had a favorite book or a favorite horse book, fiction or nonfiction, or a couple of books that um, that you would like to share. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I enjoy a lot of books, a lot of autobiographies about people learning a little bit about their life. Um, so uh, Matthew McConaughey's book, uh, Green Lights, it's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. It is really, really entertaining. Not always PG-13, so that's a little warning right there. <laughs> but it is, it is absolutely hysterical. And then I would say The, um, the Untethered Soul. I think I read the book um, three times. And that is a very good book about um, the way one should look at life in general. So it's a little more, I, I think you would call it a self-helping book. And then just last week, I read a phenomenal book and it's uh, called uh, Don't Read Everything. I'm sorry, Don't Believe Everything That You, that you Think. <laughs> and, and it's absolutely oh. <laughs> phenomenal. Just, it goes along the same um, lines as The Untethered Soul, you know, just going a little bit more with the flow of life and... Um, knowing that a, a thought is okay, but overthinking the thought is not always very productive, <laughs> you know? So this whole, whole idea of meditation. Dressage people do not no, overthink. Never, never, never. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so no. I find no. those books very, very helpful. And um, honestly, I still 
had so much to learn, you know, when, uh, especially when I look back, letting go of disappointments, resentment, you know, that's um, certainly I, something I had to learn the hard way. And those books talk a lot about um, exactly that. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we will add those to the list. Um, we're getting I, we're we're getting quite a list. I need to get reading. That's what I need to do. <laughs> well, after our last podcast, I did get the book that was recommended, and I did read it. Yeah. Thank you, Ida Norris, and it was wonderful. So, and I actually already own Green Light, but I haven't read it yet. So now this is additional impetus <laughs> to read it and to get the other two sure, as well. So sure. thank you, Stefan. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, it was absolutely a pleasure to talk with you. We appreciate you taking some time out of your 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 busy schedule. And um, we look forward to seeing you and Mopsy back on the scene, hopefully Very this good. fall. I, I hope so, too. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Thank you so much for your Thank time. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dressage Today podcast. If you've missed any episodes or to subscribe, Go to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Learn more and read in-depth training articles at dressagetoday.com, or you can visit our subscription video site, ondemand.dressagetoday.com. Be sure to give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Happy riding, and we'll see you at X. The Dressage Today podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of Equine Network, LLC.